0: Welcome to another episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Thank you so much for checking us out. This show is all about learning more about the authors that have inspired us and diving into the stories that they not only created, but lived as well. So join us as we explore the worlds that live just out of reach. Gothic. Melancholy. Dark. Emotional. No, we're not talking about my teenage years. Though, that does seem to describe them pretty well. This episode is about Tim Burton. Today we talk about the movies that seem just so adequate for this dreary and darkening time of the year, and we're joined with Paul Waterman from Guys Read 2, and one of the owners of the Book Nook. Tim Burton is an interesting creative, and we talk about his full circle ride from breaking up with Disney to becoming one of their most reoccurring directors. If you're looking for movies to start getting you in the Halloween mood, then this episode will probably um, help, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. Don't forget that we are still accepting Flash Fiction submissions for our Halloween special. We've gotten a good handful already and we are super excited to uh, get them out to you guys. You can submit stories 500 to 1,000 words long to Lewis and Lovecraft at gmail.com. I just i just elbowed amy in her knee i feel so bad I'm okay. she's okay though we can continue with the show
1: okay <laughs> now that that's out of the way yep. i was gonna read a short poem
0: yes please
1: stick boy liked match girl he liked her a lot he liked her cute figure he thought she was hot but could a flame ever burn for a match and a stick it did quite literally he burned up pretty quick while most people are probably not familiar with this poem many people have heard of movies such as edward scissorhands the nightmare before christmas and the corpse bride these three films as well as the tragic tale of stick boy and match girl were brought to us by none other than tim burton his early life and career more recent activity and less publicized creations are all part of what makes him so intriguing so that is both the intro to our episode and an excerpt from my expository speech that i did for high school Nine years ago,
0: you gave an actual speech. I gave
1: an actual speech on Tim Burton <laughs> Tim
0: burton talking about some match stick that burned up
1: because he, yeah, a stick because he in fell love. in love with a match. Yeah.
0: All right, well, I mean,
1: that pretty much
0: that's what you can expect
1: it. from us uh, professional
0: <laughs> yeah. podcasters our seventh grade expository speeches.
1: Ten. whatever.
0: <laughs> Who picked this topic?
1: Uh, actually, I think Tyler did. No,
0: the topic for your expository Oh, for speech. me? It was yeah. me. We got to yeah. pick our
1: own topics. Oh, also, this is a good time to point out that that third <laughs> voice that you just heard. <laughs> Tyler's not just like trying out a yeah. new, a new Wait, voice. Wait, hold on.
0: Let me see if I can do it again. Hello? Hello? <laughs> I can't do voices. I'm terrible at it. No, we have, we have a guest with us today. Not just Amy, who is the sole proprietor of the book nook.
1: But Paul Waterman, <laughs> who is the secondary proprietor the
0: <laughs> Amy's father husband of Megan Waterman owner of I'm making it sound like Game of Thrones
1: <laughs> Right.
0: owner of the book nook. house
1: book nook. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> doth yonder upon the book nook I found thine books that was the best that impression was... of like Lord of the Rings that I can do
1: and he said he couldn't do voices yeah that's true
0: I can do Gandalf yeah yeah uh, so yeah, so we're hanging out at the book nook like we do hanging out with Amy and Connor who is Paul's son. Welcome Connor. Don't say anything. You're not have a allowed microphone. to microphone at all.
2: You could just mime.
0: Yeah. The audience will know you're miming and we'll describe it. He's giving me a gesture that he should definitely be in trouble for.
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Grounded. Yeah. Uh, but the
1: reason we brought Paul on was because you're actually reading. Uh, Tim Burton's Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy and other stories, which is where that first poem came from, right?
2: Right, I, I did read it, I didn't know that he actually had written it, I just knew of him as a uh, movie director, so uh, I was pretty interested in, in reading it, and it was definitely interesting. interesting <laughs> That's what my mom
1: says about my art when she doesn't like it Your
0: art is the best art of all the art
1: Thank you <laughs> Yeah
0: um, interesting is the right word I think For uh, basically this entire episode Yeah <laughs> For for how I feel About Tim Burton
1: About Tim Burton, yeah And his work So I guess that Because obviously The fact that I did a speech on him in high school Indicates that I like him But Yeah, do you still
0: do you- like him as much as you did in high school?
1: Mm, I mean, yeah I think I feel the same way Yeah I'm not wearing any like jack from nightmare before christmas pins anymore but anymore <laughs> that's a. <laughs> did
0: you in high school oh yeah Where, um did you like go as like the the girls like the corpse bride no. or anything like that corpse bride came out probably what when you were a freshman um uh, I,
1: I can't remember what year 2005 just <laughs> cheese no i was 10 in 2005 what you were that young i didn't realize you
0: oh now i feel weird
1: (laughs) no corpse Bride did not come out when i was in high school
0: okay Um, i i it came out when i was in high school so i just naturally assumed that someone who's six years younger than me was also in high school at the same time
1: (laughs) i mean i skipped one grade but not that many times um but yeah so i guess what i gotta ask you two is how do you feel about tim burton
0: Paul, how about you take it?
2: I enjoy his movies. I would say he's not, uh, I'm not like super crazy about him, but I don't have a negative or like a real negative feeling about him. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more concerned about him now after <laughs> reading the, the book, the poems. But uh, but no, I mean, I his movies are, you know, they're, they're quirky, they're dark. You know, I I enjoy it. I appreciate the you know what he's trying to to convey but um I to me it's kinda like oh, that was good and move <laughs> on. I, I, I don't really think about it much afterwards, you know. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's kinda where I stand with with Tim Burton.
1: I like how you're concerned about him after reading the poems and not after seeing the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: my, my I was always you know the thing I was one there's sometimes there's some authors and so forth that can you know they can tell a story and some of them are like, no, that really wasn't me. I just, I'm just, you know, good at being creative and making it up. And then there's some that actually really pull a lot from their history. And so I was kind of, you know, curious about how much of this is really how he's really feeling and or how he really felt versus I'm just being creative and, and making this up. And yeah. Make one and make you feel like I felt this way. Sure. So I'm kind of curious to see really what, his uh, <laughs> you know, years were like,
0: yeah, and and for me, it's it's interesting because I I think I started to realize more doing the research on him. The very little research I did is how much he didn't do for the movies that I give give him credit for, um, and and we can go into that in a little bit. But I you know I thought he was producing, writing, directing, animating, and and he he grabs p- bits and pieces of those for each movie but he's never the one doing all of it all the time
1: you can't animate a whole movie all by yourself though <laughs> disney has thousands of animators working on one film
0: true but uh from well, what i was reading he he did do a lot of animation work yeah but it's his
1: yeah.
2: it's his artistic style. overall you know direction that yeah. you know that he lends to those movies
0: so to answer the question I don't like Tim Burton. (laughs) Or at least uh, I don't like how much other people like Tim Burton.
1: Mm, That's why you don't like him. Yeah. He's he's too hip. hip. (laughs) I'm a
0: hipster, 100%. And so I'm like, no, he's too mainstream. No, but I seriously, like, especially watching the movies as we watch them and, and knowing about the other movies, there are things that I really like. There are movies that I really like. But there's certain things that I especially recently have started to realize about his work that I'm like, nope, don't like that. And I think it's super hyped. So I, w- I would definitely say, as per our conversation before we started recording, K-pop is way better than <laughs> Tim Burton. Well, his music <laughs> is not great, but... <laughs> the K-pop production is way better than, than <sighs> Tim Burton. Whoa, there's, what if Tim Burton did yeah. a K-pop video? There's some there's some people that that get really, you know,
2: I don't know, some you know, you you either really, you really really love that, you know, like the style that he does because that, yeah. that's kind of all he does. Like all of and pretty much all of his movies, they're you kind of feel like you've been there before. Yeah. And so I haven't really seen him kind of get out of his lane.
0: Really. Um I think that there's definitely some some qualifying films that he's done to get him to you know to where you can say he's stretched a little bit. You know, you look at the difference between uh Alice in Wonderland and Big Fish and those are two completely different films, but but at the same time there is definitely like once but Big you-
2: Fish is kind of like temper I mean how much of like a film like Big Fish is there compared to you know, the oh, yeah. the Nightmares yeah. and the Alices and the...
1: He's definitely got more of those. But right. then also when you look at... um, I don't know if you ever saw Big Eyes, the the one that was based on the Argr- or artist Margaret Keene. I, I, I feel that like that was one where he kind of changed his style because yeah. I mean, mostly he's doing fiction <laughs> instead of biographies. Right. So that one was one that I'm like, oh, this is pretty different. But yeah, mostly yeah. it's The Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Hannah, what... Do we need to know about this guy that everybody puts way too much credit into <laughs> for making the best Christmas Halloween movies?
1: Oh, And I don't even like Nightmare Before Christmas, but <laughs> um, um, so, I mean, you guys probably know he grew up in Burbank, California, and always felt like he didn't belong there because it's a sunny, happy place. Yeah. And,
0: and you definitely feel that through a lot of his movies.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have that, that kind of... Stereotypical suburbia uh, imagery. Yeah. Um, but recalling his formative years in the LA suburb, he was like, he said, and this is a quote from an interview that was in, I think, the Independent. You're gonna uh,
0: be like super on top of. I'm where on top you got of it. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Uh,
1: he said, "I was always a loner and spent a lot of time by myself making up stories and that kind of thing. We lived near a cemetery, so I'd like to go there and wonder about the scary guy who dug graves, nice. which is." totally normal yeah
0: totally he's like
1: a little little lovecraft in that way (laughs) (laughs) um and he always found it difficult by the
0: way just side note i've already got people really wanting a little lovecraft t-shirt or sweatshirt whatever i can put it on i've got people asking for it so they're um,
1: coming soon you can wear yours to go hang out at a cemetery at a cemetery and write
0: (laughs) stories about stuff yeah yeah so.
1: But yeah, so Burton was always a, a loner, and I thought one interesting thing in a different interview that he said, um, he never considered himself weird. Right. It was other people who were like, dude, you're not normal. Yeah. And they told him it enough that he was like, oh, maybe I am not normal.
0: Yeah, well, and again, that comes out in his films a lot. Like, look at Edward Scissorhands in the parody of, like, Suburbia. And the same thing with uh, a little bit in Beetlejuice and, and some of the other stuff of, like, this this gleaming you know shiny paradise in conjunction with these dark characters and what are the ones that you're attracted to not the gleaming shiny california suburbia it's the dark characters that you learn to love
1: yeah you like the weirdo with the frizzy black hair yeah
0: (laughs) exactly
2: and the poetry that he has in his book too they they kind of have that same similar you know you know similar vibe of where he's like oh i'll meet somebody about this and that and then all of a sudden it's like and now they're gone and they're they're dead and they're you know the whole thing just fell apart yeah it's kind of like this feeling of where of the, the abandonment and and loss in i don't belong yeah it's definitely you know comes across in, is, in the poems that he writes
0: and yeah. I, I can identify with that so so far i'm i'm on board with little tim burton little <laughs> timmy b
1: well and um back to the the poetry a little bit a lot of those characters come from his original like series of shorts the world of stain boy and the whole premise of that is that stain boy is sent by the police to go out and round up weirdos and bring them back what is this is that so you're talking about? what is this this stain, story stain boy it's a he did these shorts they were all like five minutes animated was, like
0: cartoon animated yeah, or claymation like animated
1: cartoon animated okay um And so they were just like these really Really short episodes but then a lot of those Characters from that he used in The poetry book Mm -hmm. and then also he Revived some of them later for His animated or claymation
0: So I I know we're probably getting Ahead of ourselves but at what point did he do Stainboy?
1: I think Stainboy was like Oh, that was really early in his career. Um,
0: so, like, while he's working as a as a apprentice for Disney, while he's in college, while he strikes out on his own after Disney.
1: So the shorts didn't come out until 2000. Right. But the characters were like ones yeah. that he had adopted for a long time.
0: And this book that you guys keep talking about, this is a book of poetry and and short stories, or just poetry. 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 Yeah. And when did that book come out?
1: Ninety-seven. Okay, was that one? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I I, yeah. I don't know anything about it, and so I I didn't, you know, I it's interesting to see. I mean, it, a lot of his yeah. stuff, like from the late '80s into the early 2000s, I think that was peak Tim Burton.
1: Definitely peak Burton era. Um, I mean, a lot of his characters came from sketches that he did from way before they ever became movies, like Edward Scissorhands. He sketched years before the movie really because he he was big on concepts like he would draw these characters mm-hmm. and then find places for them in his his work later on sure um because he just grew up drawing all the time um what
2: was his what was his uh, relationship with his parents like
1: weird because really? that, that <laughs> no, comes across quite a bit
2: <laughs> in, where like the parents like basically disown and like throw them out like yeah yeah. it's it's in the characters yeah
1: i have always watched his movies i've been like there's he's got some daddy issues or (laughs) something because like he'll bring it into even like remakes of other stories like charlie and the chocolate factory he just threw in that weird dad subplot or whatever and i'm like someone hurt you yeah but he had kind of a weird relationship with both of his parents his um dad i guess was a professional athlete his mom opened a cat-themed gift store Yeah, I read about that Which I was that. just like, that's random <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay um, And the only time that I really found him Like mention his parents directly He told this weird story About when he was younger He had two big beautiful windows in his bedroom That looked out onto the lawn And then for some reason his parents Kind of walled over them And left him this tiny little window At the top of his, his room What? And he's like I never asked him why, and they're dead now, but I'm just like, oh my How God. How did he go
0: through life and not even? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no one <laughs> knows. He's like, like I guess they didn't want me to one morning, And
0: there's just a wall where there used to be a scene. Come home from school. He, yeah. <laughs> you're like,
2: he's I'm, just locked it's in like his prison. Bedroom.
0: Man, that's nuts. we yeah, that's super weird. Yeah, did, like, did he not share the part where he like snuck out of the house all the time or
2: well,
1: something? <laughs> may, yeah, maybe yeah, right? maybe the yeah. window walling over came after he kept sneaking out to the cemetery. <laughs> or they
0: were just Poe fans and they're like, ha, the cask of a modern whatever it's called. And <laughs> we're gonna wall you up, make you feel like. Like, you're going to die. I don't know why they do that to their child. They were like, this is going to give him all the material
1: he needs to make great art later on.
0: What if they got together and like, all right, babe, we're going to have a child and he will be a great artist, but we're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to be a cat lady and open a gift shop. I have to play pro sports and we will wall up his window. I know it sucks, but if we don't, he's just going to be a regular Joe.
1: He, he i don't think tim ever saw it that way no he did little, not appreciate Timmy that. B did
0: not appreciate being walled up
1: <laughs> but, but yeah so basically uh the ingredients we've got to make a timber in our social isolation yeah a weird relationship with your parents and
0: i think that there's yeah. a, a lot of writers that that deal with that look at lovecraft look at lewis like yeah. we've already seen it the like gillian we we didn't see a lot of the isolation from gillian right No, i
1: feel like she had a, a normal upbringing she was shy right but it wasn't like but
0: you, like that's self-isolation yeah. you know i and and i i dealt with that i remember i moved to pittsburgh when i was a kid and i didn't have any friends in third grade so i would just sit like everyone else is at recess and um i would sit there and draw little comic books and i didn't know what to draw them about so i would i based them off of other kids playing one kid had a monkey one had a jaguar and they were giving him superpowers so i would just draw that and i would make these big stories and then the teacher saw me doing it and she had me present all my comics to everybody and i made like one friend out of it and the rest of the people were like yeah tyler's weird
1: (laughs) (laughs) see you basically were tim burton with people telling you yeah tyler's weird
0: yeah seriously i get it i understand it it so like i'm i'm on his i'm on his side right now
1: <laughs> um but yeah so oh the other thing was he was an average student which again solidifies my theory that if you're a good student you're going nowhere in life kim <laughs> burton was not a great student he yeah. spent all of his time drawing and he started creating films as a young teen and around that time wrote and produced his first short film using stop motion techniques right which, which is pretty cool
0: have you ever watched parks and recreation yeah Paul, oh. have you watched Parties <laughs> yeah. and Recreation? The part where um, uh, ben. ben is laid off from work. So he spends like two weeks straight working on his claymage. And it's literally three seconds long. Because that's all he could do in two weeks oh, no. is three seconds.
1: Because you got to move him a little bit. Yeah. Take a picture. Move him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's Take a picture. so funny.
0: And Beck and I have like talked about that because we understand like that's a lot of hard work. And so, for people to create full feature-length movies out of claymation, it's
1: insane. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, mm, at 14, one of his sketches won first prize for an anti-litter campaign Ooh. for a garbage company. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, that was that was about it for his young childhood. Um,
0: Is that all the way through high school, young childhood?
1: Yeah, through high school. Um, as far as college went, he went to Cal, like Cal Arts, I think it's called. Hmm. Um, and when he was there, I think he made uh, a little animation, and that kind of got him in with Disney. And he was working as one of the animators on The Fox and the Hound and was bored out of his mind. Because with animation, obviously, it all has to fit the same look. Right. You've got all these hundreds of animators yeah. you know, doing one little picture at a time and that didn't jive well with him. Um he's obviously got his own style. Yeah. Um so yeah, it that was never going to be a long-term thing for him. Um and shortly after that, he made Frankenweenie. Right. Well, he made Vincent too. I don't know if you saw that one. It was like a tribute to Vincent no. Price. Um but Frankenweenie was the first one that like he did for Disney.
0: Yeah. And I I totally get like um <clears throat> when you have a vision in your head of how you think things she thinks wow i can't talk think things should be or you've been working on sketches and and you've started to really come up with your own style having to do somebody else's style and you know monotony put into that you really start to reject that as okay this is what i'm going to do and you really want to break off on your own i i can see how that style specifically came out of kind of a, a rebellion against what he had been taught at Disney as an apprentice. I seeing saying what he's done. I can't even imagine him sitting down and
2: drawing Fox and the Hound. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like so totally the opposite end of the spectrum of, yeah you know his style. I, I mean know, career wise it sad. makes sense you have to start yeah.
1: somewhere. Like working on a Disney film is the dream for so many artists, but yeah. for him he's just like, nope, this is not my style. Yeah, Creatives are so sensitive, so Yeah. they are. Probably wasn't digging yeah, that. Yeah,
0: we are.
1: <laughs> Tyler says <laughs> knowingly. Yeah. But yeah, so um did you want to talk about Frankenweenie?
0: I um. only saw the 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 adaptation of it by Tim Burton. I never saw the original.
1: Oh, you saw the, the new one? Yeah. Like okay. the
0: 2012 Clay one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I saw the original short. I think I at one point saw the 2012 one I'm too. Sorry, I
0: just thought of a shirt idea. I want to do a picture of Tim Burton and it's like, babe, check out my clay mesh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will wear the crap yeah. out of that one. Yeah. But yeah, so the original Frankenweenie was not clay it right. was live action <laughs> and it starred the kid from the never-ending story really i was re-watching it today and i'm like that kid looks so familiar and then right. i looked it up and i'm like oh my gosh he's actually a big deal
0: don't you love google and how oh nothing God. is a mystery anymore it
1: has made my life so much better but frankenweenie <laughs> came out in 1984 obviously in homage to frankenstein right but with a dog yeah uh partially inspired by tim burton losing his dog yeah when he was a kid I guess he likes to work through his issues in film. Well, (laughs) uh,
0: yes, and yeah, I think that anybody does. But I think that there's more to be said of how he approaches death, right? And morbidity in that he approaches it from a zone of comfort, right? And so, like, again, haven't seen the original, so I have no idea if the stories are the same or not. But in in the remake that I watched, you know, it's about a kid who uses The science and all that to bring his dog back and starts to realize that he can't have this dog after it's already dead and it's coming to terms with that. And so like, there's, there's a comfort, this cuddly, cute dog, who's like, no, you can't have that. It's dead, you know, and And you see that throughout everything that he does. Beetlejuice. Yeah, exactly. Beetlejuice, the corpse bride. Like everything approaches death from a zone of comfort of it's okay to approach death and get past it. So I I, I, again I haven't seen the original, but I feel like that's a very common thread for him.
1: So remind me, in the remake, does the dog go back to being dead at the end? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah. So the original, way different. The dog lives at the end. Well, okay. So the dog, like, he brings it back, and then the townspeople get all upset, and then they chase him into a miniature golf course, and then they accidentally light the windmill on fire. What? Yeah. So the dog has to rescue the kid from it, and then the dog dies, and then the town... Is like, oh, we made a terrible mistake, let's bring him back. So, they bring him back to life again, and then it ends all happy. So, totally different message. It's just like, yep, we will science this bitch and bring the dog back to life.
0: Literally, geez <laughs> Louise, that's nuts. <coughs> Sorry, I'm looking it up now because I don't remember.
1: I mean, that That seems I remember it being different. Obviously, the remake is a lot longer because it's feature length, yeah, and the not original 29 minutes. Yeah. And they added a lot of characters to the remake. I'm just
0: going to Wikipedia. I'm just going to read the synopsis. we got to find out how to remake it. You guys keep talking about (laughs) German expressionism while I look this
1: up. We're just going to sit here. I'm not
0: joking. Talk about stuff.
1: But we can't talk about stuff and then you just be like, oh, this is how it ends. Because that's confusing. It's like whiplash. Fine.
0: Hold on. I'm going to look it up right now. Um... Yep. Yep. Uncle. Uh Burgermeister. Victor Sparky. Windmill.
1: No, he lives at the end of the uh, remake.
0: A final confrontation. Victor Townsville Gather revive Sparky. See that's why I remember him dying.
1: You <laughs> thought it was gonna be like the moral that, you know, sometimes when things are dead they have to stay dead, but no, it's No, they bring we can always and, we can always mess and with nature. Sparky <laughs>
0: as the two dogs <laughs> share their love and kiss.
1: Yeah, so it's like the exact same thing, but three times as long
0: i legitimately i think i fell asleep (laughs) after he died in the windmill
1: there's like five minutes after that
0: yeah when i was like dog's dead i don't care (laughs) like dog's
1: dead old yeller's gone guys
0: When the dog dies, I'm out.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so the the 1984 version of that never got released in theaters because Disney said it was too dark and scary for children. And they fired Tim Burton after that for wasting their time and what? money. Yep. Probably don't. why well, I don't remember that one. I
2: remember yeah. the 2012. I didn't realize there was a 1984. It came
1: out on VHS, I think, a couple years later. But even though it got him fired from Disney, it ended up being really good for his career because Stephen King saw it Loved it, and sent a copy to his friend at Warner Brothers, which then led to Tim Burton getting hired to Batman. direct it. No, oh, chapter oh, One: Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
0: Oh, okay. I was joking. Not, not it. Chapter One.
1: <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> Different clown. No, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which is not one that I normally associate with Tim Burton, but whatever. Right. And that's where he met Danny Elfman. Right. Which led to their great bromances. So can
0: you do a Pee Wee? Impression for us, Hannah? No, I can't. Paul, can you do a Pee-wee impression? No. Come on. I know it's in there somewhere. You got a Pee-wee in there. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded wrong.
1: (laughs) I remember my parents like forcing us to watch Pee Wee once as kids. It was horrifying.
0: Hannah liked that joke. Or not Hannah. Amy Amy liked that joke. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know idea. what she said back there. I'm trying to record a podcast <laughs> yeah, here. I'm Amy, not paying attention to other us. people in this store. <laughs> no, but yeah. Yeah, That's so, cool. Frank that's Weenie. awesome. Frank that's and Weenie goes? and then on to uh Pee Wee. And then he moved on to uh, Batman, right? I think he did Batman no.
1: some what no, year did Batman come out? It was Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice was the next one? Yeah. Yeah. So Beetlejuice was nineteen eighty
0: eight. Are we gonna critique these movies as we go along?
1: I mean we can. I love Beetlejuice, so you can't say anything bad about it. <laughs>
0: I hated Beetlejuice. You Juice.
1: hate Beetle, what? The? Paul, how do you feel about Beetlejuice?
2: The same way I feel about Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: like, Interesting. Eh. The,
2: yeah, I right. think the only one that really, really stands up to me it really is just the Batman one, and that's not because of Tim Burton, it's just because I like Batman. You just like right. see, and so, I've
1: never even seen Batman because I don't Batman. give a crap about <laughs> I superheroes. Uh,
2: Batman, <laughs> the best Batman ever. What? No. Okay. Yes. okay. First of
0: all, no. Uh, second of all. Let Sorry. me explain why. Tyler I'm not George a fan Clooney of. doesn't count. He's got bat nipples. Of course, he <laughs> counts. What the hell? He's got a bat card, a bat credit card. He's got a line of credit through Gotham Bank under the Batman name. Batman card. George Clooney's the best Batman.
1: Oh, <laughs> hot <laughs> takes.
0: <laughs> so, moral of this episode: G- Beetlejuice sucks. George Clooney's the best Batman. No. uh... <laughs> No, I don't like Beetlejuice because there's not enough Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice.
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay, well, unpopular opinion. I don't like Michael Keaton that much. Really?
0: <laughs> Did you like the Beetlejuice character?
1: I was okay with it, but my favorite parts of Beetlejuice had more to do with like Winona Ryder and being super that. e-girl, being super and emo
0: 1980s girl, 80s e-girl,
1: having. Like ghosts adopt her Because her right. real parents suck Yeah seriously Do
0: you like how at the end Her parents are the ones that are living up in the attic Yes And the regular, the ghost people are the ones living downstairs
1: Her parents have like Relinquished all responsibility By the end of that movie They're yeah. just like yep you dead people raise oh, our child Looks like she got an A on her test
0: Now Woo. let's have these ghosts possess <laughs> her And make her fly around ah. No It's a terrible movie (laughs) because Beetlejuice is the main person. It's why you go to go see it. And you don't get you don't get any character arc with him literally at all. There's no character arc. It's not even like, oh, he's a static character and you see a progression of a story. There's no story with him at all. At one point, there's kind of a like, oh, if you let me loose, I'll marry you. But that's BS. It was just a He's basically a prop. (laughs) Yeah, he is a prop. That's exactly right. And so, like, what I liked about Beetlejuice, the character, is that I think he opened up um, room for things like the genie from Aladdin. Mm -hmm. You have an actor who's doing a character but knows they're doing the character and we know that they know that they're doing a character and they get to have fun with it so you get william robin robin williams william Robbins, robin <laughs> williams to play the genie and we all know it's just robin williams and they put a blue cartoon for his voice right and they just let him do his thing and it's the same thing with deadpool and ryan reynolds we all know it's just ryan reynolds but he's playing a character, and that allows him to do whatever he wants. And I think that's exactly what we get with Beetlejuice. But the story wasn't there to allow for there to be... And, and I'm not even like... I don't even want there to be... I don't want him to be good in the end, but to see a change in his character to create an arc. Like, like even if there was like something in the story of he's already done these terrible things and then he goes and and rectifies it and does it and goes back because he finds out maybe he really loves this little 14 year old girl that he's (laughs) gonna marry or these people he's learned that they're really good people and they remind him of someone in in whatever past he had even though they are literally the dumbest people in the entire world I'm just, Alec Baldwin and uh, Gina Davis in this movie are dumb people
1: they are yeah they're not with it they have not embraced their their ghostliness yeah so uh, that only. was that
0: was my whole sermon on why i hated it because i expected more and Tell you me wanted why you
1: beetlejuice to be the main character yeah just because it's called beetlejuice and
0: he's the most interesting character of the movie it's not just that he's like the name is on there he's super interesting i want to know more and he's barely he barely has 15 minutes of screen time does he really yeah
1: it's nuts yeah, I what, how, I, what,
0: what happens in the rest of the movie uh, They don't know how they to They try dosed, to solve their own problems And then the, <laughs> the living people are re, It's remodeling a home It's like watching It's ship, like a scary money sell pit <laughs> it or Flip it or whatever <laughs> yeah. The house hunters international Also how did that's the house go like? back
1: to the way it was before at the end did you notice they, that in the they, final scene? They
0: made it that? The 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 regular people put it back the way it was they, supposed to be? But,
1: like, they tore everything down. I was just like, wow, that was an extreme reversion back to the, the uh, original house after you, like, <laughs> took out everything that was in it.
0: I guess, but, you know. Got
1: that ugly wallpaper back up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they only steamed it off. <laughs> uh, why did you like it so much? Why would you say you love that movie?
1: I think that's kind of, like... I think it embodies a lot of tim burton's early character sure it's got like i don't know the beetlejuice himself like when he turns into that snake thing and stuff it's got those very burton esque qualities Mm -hmm. um the sand snake monster thing it's just like all of his best early works in one yeah and then it even has that cameo from uh jack from nightmare before christmas like Twenty years or ten years before that movie came out,
0: I didn't see that. Where's that at?
1: It's when uh, Beetlejuice pops up as the carousel. The very yeah. top of it is Jack's skull.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I'm just like,
1: oh, it's got a lot of those like early influences going on. Yeah, I like it from that standpoint. Love Winona Ryder and anything. Yeah. So I like that. Um, yeah, I just and I like live action Tim Burton better than cartoon Tim Burton. Interesting. So, hmm. Paul,
0: what, what did, did you said? same as as Tim Burton interesting right yeah what what do you think of it though more specifically what makes it interesting and not great
2: I think I didn't really get into that the the characters were so goofy yeah to me it was it was kind of more slapsticky than than what I would think of with a Tim Burton movie and so I that that's not really my kind of comedy my kind of movie right
0: not horror comedy yeah well and it it almost feels like a a parody of a poltergeist movie yeah of like poltergeist the movie (laughs) yeah like it feels like he watched that movie and went what if the poltergeist was just a douchebag messing (laughs) with people (laughs) like that's what it feels like almost
1: i can see that yeah it was originally meant to be a lot scarier too was it yeah like the original writer made Beetlejuice like way more murderous and sociopathic and stuff and then Tim Burton was like that probably would have been
2: more interesting (laughs) probably
1: (laughs) but less less comedy so he didn't like that vision hired a new guy to come in and rewrite it and make Beetlejuice more like sleazy car salesman type yeah ghost which
0: you definitely get yeah 100% I mean he literally is molesting Gina Davis the second he meets her yeah and it's like all right, is this going somewhere? We're gonna see any progression in, in this person at all? Nope, he's nope,
1: we're just gonna send him back down to Dead World.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, I don't know, uh, I was disappointed. I get it from like the atmosphere, from the cinematic point of view, um, his, his style of art. I think it was great but I'm a story guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, you want more character development yeah. in your ghost movies. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, uh, actually, no, I don't think we're going to get any character development here, but Edward Scissorhands, two years later.
0: Yeah, um, I actually like that one a lot more. It ha- I didn't get to watch it during this, this movie marathon last couple of weeks, but I have watched it, and I liked it more because there's mystery to it. So it's not just like, here's this weird guy that cuts people's, on accident and he's the, like there's something that you're figuring out the whole time and then when it, when it does come out because I don't want to spoil it. There might be people who haven't seen it and I...
1: In the 29 years it's been out? I don't know. Um,
0: well there's new people made every day.
1: Right? There are. I,
0: I, I don't want to say what I like about a movie is the mystery and then spoil the mystery so I liked it because I did feel like there was way more character
1: yeah, they give and, him a backstory and yeah. stuff. And like, so,
0: yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And I thought it, it played more on that, you know, suburbia versus dark uh, identity a lot more than his other stuff. So I I, I get that. It was more of a more.
2: sympathetic character, too, where he, yeah. was, he was kind of the different kid again, you know, than, you know, not normal, kind of stood out, mm-hmm. you know, secluded. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, you it, sometimes you, you kind of root for those type of characters, so it gives you something to, to look forward to at the end of the movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Like he grew up entirely isolated from everything, and that made him more innocent and human than the people who actually like grew up in society. Yeah, they were the monsters.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it again, like I, I, I think that there's a lot of parody in his in his humor, right? And so, like, you replace. If you take like a a scary movie cover like Hellraiser you can very easily replace the Hellraiser character with Edward Scissorhands. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah and it becomes that character the way that they look fits perfectly. So he's taking this idea of like this monster type character and going what if they were real though? What if they were genuine and innocent and they didn't choose to be a monster? and it's almost this parody of like monster movies and slashers and stuff you know and and so i i really i love i love that idea i love approaching something in an original way um not just telling a new version of snow white over and over (laughs) and over again which is what's been happening for the last decade
1: i think you got a bone to pick with someone there
0: Next episode: Snow White in all the incarnations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Edward Scissorhands—that's probably my my favorite Burton movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Just, like, I I totally understand. I that. feel
1: like it's very original. Like, f- as far as because you see a lot of repetitiveness in his movies, I think Edward Scissorhands kind of stands alone very well. Yeah. It kind of encapsulates a lot of the best relationships that he has going on it's got johnny depp in his first burton appearance yeah it's got danny elfman kind of all the the stars aligned for that movie right right. and yeah i think it it has stood the test of time better Mm. than some of the other ones
0: and that would make us move on to the other halloween best halloween movie ever that stood the test of time oh it gets worse and worse every year Uh, not worse as in like a bad movie but people are drawn to it more and more
1: nightmare before christmas that's it 93 1993
0: do you like nightmare before christmas no, you do not like no. Nightmare Before and Christmas.
1: I've always wanted to because it's so <laughs> the stereotypical like emo kid movie and yeah. I I mean I wore the button and stuff and mm-hmm. it's got skeletons and it's creepy and it's Christmas but I don't like it that much. Yeah. I don't like
0: What don't you like about it?
1: I don't think Tim Burton does well when he's like writing the music and stuff. Mm. I don't I don't like the songs in it. They don't seem I don't know i don't know what makes a good like musical song but you know it when you hear it <laughs> and i don't love the nightmare before christmas songs
2: do you what about tim burton as a romance writer hmm.
1: i mean he does star lovers well and like edward scissorhands and stuff yeah um
0: i think he's got a weird fetish
1: with,
0: <laughs> dead, c- with dead dead chicks <laughs> and Helen Bottom I mean, Carter.
1: Who doesn't? <laughs> no, um Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah.
0: I think that I only like it because when I was a kid uh it came out and my parents were like, No, you're not allowed to watch this. It's it's devil stuff. There are a few movies like that, and then I, when I got older, I watched it because I was old enough to be like, "I'm gonna sneak around your back and watch this." Oh uh, <laughs> and by that time, they were divorced and they didn't care as much. So uh, I watched it, and I watched that and a few other movies that I had been like always had my eye on. Uh, Little Nemo. You ever's ever watched no. that one? It was like an animated movie. Kid goes to Dreamland, and Ooze gets let go, let go, and he has to fight it. and my mom just thought anime was just evil.
1: Well, I mean, she's not wrong, but...
0: Well, okay, we're gonna have to have an episode on anime. And, um, and so I watched it between the two. I loved uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. uh, And I totally understood it. And I got it. And then, like, and then I started talking to people about it. And people loved it so much. And I'm a hipster.
1: <laughs> so now you so can't like, like it anymore. <laughs> this
0: is stupid. I hate it. And so for the last probably decade of my life, I've said to people like, no, it's a dumb movie. I don't like it. Genuinely, though, I think I really like it. I'm sorry I think people I, made you hate it. <laughs> I think I like just the fun of it. I love I love Halloween, so I like how it's, you know, it's like it's taking the, the Christmas claymation style and applying that to a new... Uh, a new holiday and giving it its own feel. I think it's where we see um, his style of macabre really come to light in in the humor of it and and that approaching of, you know, darkness and death, but it's a subject we can talk about. I like the songs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, related to the songs, and I rewatched it today, And I actually like wrote down What the F This is a kids movie after one of the songs Um, It's the one that those three little kids sing Mm -hmm. About kidnapping Santa Claus Yeah I brought up the lyrics. One part of it is literally kidnap the Sandy Claws, tie him in a bag, throw him in the ocean, then see if he is sad. The whole song is just about ways to kill Santa. I was like, yeah. So I, I understand why your parents didn't no, want I, you to watch I it. Didn't,
0: I didn't say this is a good kids movie. <laughs> I just said I, as a 30-year-old man, can finally admit that I like this movie. No, it's definitely that- a
1: kids movie, though, because I was watching like a DVD that we recorded from the Disney Channel. It had a couple like commercial snippets Oh really? Of Disney commercials on the
0: Disney Channel. They played this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, I know it's a Disney movie, so that I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
1: But... Disney reconciled with Tim Burton after Frank. Yeah. He, he well, because
0: yeah. they realized, oh wait, he's good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely part so. one. One of my more
2: one of my more favorite ones. Yeah. Of him, and I I like the fact that it's kind of turning Christmas on its head a little bit. Yeah. It kind of takes a you know, that was a more unique approach to me, and kind of marrying like the two opposite you know holidays Holidays. yeah and and bringing it together and i i enjoyed the creativity of that yeah um and i think in that being able to do the the animation i think it allowed him to show more of his more true creativity right and i think that's what i enjoyed the most about that
0: nice yeah and and i think he's like i said i think that it's really the Finally, the the breakout for me to see from him. I think it was all leading up to that.
1: Well, hopefully people will stop liking it so much that you can like it again. (laughs) I
0: agree. There was an entire section at Spirit Halloween store that was just all Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: That's upsetting.
0: And like you walk into the Disney store, Nightmare Before Christmas. You walk by the high school and there's like a group of teenage girls who are like, got the beanie with the skeleton on. And they're like, yo, I'm emo. And I'm like, ah, you don't understand. Yeah. Just wait till life actually gets (laughs) hard.
1: And you're not allowed to just, like, put thick eyeliner on to deal with your problems.
0: I'm not allowed to wear it. You can't either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So chronologically, next comes Sleepy Hollow. Right. Did you watch that one? Yeah. I, I like... I like it
0: I loved it really I Okay, love you love it. his
1: eyes lit up so I watched it when
0: I was a kid really yeah and I should not have <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> at some point my dad decided I don't care what my son watches right before that night the Nightmare Before Christmas and an animated movie about a little boy who goes to dreamland were evil <laughs> after that point i'm watching sleepy hollow and the crow and all kinds of stuff right it was nuts so yes i watched sleepy hollow and i loved it then and i love it now because it's got christopher walken
1: (laughs) and he's it's a star-studded cast man people's heads off and oh my god is that john depp
0: and he doesn't talk at all so i don't know why i did yeah i'm like i don't even know if that's
1: how he sounds (laughs) here's his
0: impersonation from sleepy hollow (sighs) that's all he says
1: you're a dead ringer for him yep just sharpen your teeth a little bit whenever tim burton does sleepy hollow too ah. (laughs) i think sleepy hollow that was one of at least the ones that i noticed the first appearance of like that super like gaudy fake red blood splashing mm. everywhere yeah that then you see later on in movies like uh Sweeney Todd yep I was rewatching watching it and I'm like oh yep this is where that came from yeah
0: and it's everywhere and and I think <laughs> so much blood I think it's really the first time in live action that he because uh, you watch you watch Sleepy Hollow and then Corpse Bride comes next and you see you see the same color palette the same Filter on it, and then you watch Sweeney Todd, and it's the same color palette, it's the same uh, thing. And I, so I think there's a point where he's like, "This is, this is what I
1: like. This is what works for me." And
0: I'm gonna keep doing this, and I'm cool with it because I love that style. I love the time period. I love the color palette. I love all of that, and I love those stories. I, I watched Corpse Bride last night, and I was disappointed in the story. But I loved the setting. I loved the atmosphere of it. So, plus... So, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just yeah. going to say,
1: Corpse Bride, watching it in preparation for this, I realized I hadn't seen it before. Really? I always... I had this very clear picture in my mind that I'd seen it before. I thought it was this lovely story about how this dude falls in love with a dead girl and right. realizes that love can transcend everything and necrophilia is totally fine. <laughs> and watching, He's
0: really boning her.
1: Oh.
0: Huh? Uh, Amy?
1: Oh, uh, no, she missed right. it. She, did, she wasn't listening. <laughs> I, I appreciate the dirty pun. Thank you. But yeah, and then I actually watched it, and I was like, wait, this is not how the plot went in my mind yeah, at no, all. Yeah, no, not at all. So it was a delightful surprise.
0: Plus, it was the, the first, sorry, hold on, let's back up. Paul, what did you think of Sleepy Hollow? Oh, I liked it. Yeah? That's my time period. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah. and it was a fun movie. I mean. Yeah. It was dark. It was, it was and I like Johnny movie. Depp. Yeah, So, yeah, it was, it was a good one. I, I wanted really to enjoyed th- it.
1: I wanted, because um, at the beginning of Sleepy Hollow, he's introduced as like the scientist and stuff who yeah. is like totally against torture and all of the bad things that they were doing back then. They never like really circled back and got to that. I wanted him to be successful mm-hmm. and then come back and change everybody's minds about torture and not liking science. <laughs> oh sure, and then yeah. he never did, and I was like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, <sighs> I don't know why. But when I was a kid, I thought that his character, Ichabod Crane, was Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Legitimately. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know why I made that connection in my head. So when when I grew up and I started reading the Sherlock Holmes books before the Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch stuff came out, Johnny Depp from Sleepy Hollow is what I saw in my head. That's Sherlock Holmes to me.
1: I could picture Johnny yeah. Depp as Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. But now uh, it's John. It's one hundred percent Robert Benedict. Downey Jr. Oh,
1: <laughs> really?
2: I'm no, I'm not a Robert Downey Jr.
1: No Sherlock fan. No. Oh no. I'm not a Sherlock fan either. But I I picture Benedict as you're not my a Sherlock. Sherlock
0: the show. I'm no not BBC a Sherlock show. Holmes fan in general. Just in general. Yeah. I'd That's never, gonna be an I interesting episode to when we better, do that. But I don't. Know.
2: Johnny Depp, he I don't know. It was like he tried too hard in it. He was Johnny kinda, Depp or Robert Downey Jr.? I mean, sorry, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of a little, hmm. I don't know, overdone to me. I guess I, <laughs> I guess I'm just biased because I like
0: Iron Man too. Yeah, so I mean, that's and why I you like mean, he is, That's time. good for Iron Man, yeah. but yeah, not the. Yeah, my dad. My dad had this really stupid theory at one point because in the second, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. There's a point when maybe it's the it's one of them. I don't know. Uh, he's wearing women's makeup and then yeah. it like gets messed up. And then like, there's like a smear on, on it or whatever. <laughs> it feels lipstick. like the Iron mask. <laughs> and no, it looks oh. kind of like, like the Joker. The Joker. Oh. Yes, exactly. And my dad's like, Oh, do you see that? that that's them <laughs> showing you that the next Joker is going to be played by Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, <laughs> He's Iron Man. Why would he go from being the greatest Marvel cinematic character to being a DC character that he's just going to have to do like somebody else's version of it because that's the one that they want? He's like, nope. That one scene where he's got makeup on proves that he's the Joker. Your
1: dad sounds super fun to watch movies with.
0: (laughs) Uh, He's... It's kind of fun in the way of like how many things can you get wrong? <laughs> we we went and saw, um I anyway, think my brother went and saw um the new it movie mm-hmm. with him, chapter two, and they play the preview for Doctor Sleep,
1: which is the
0: sequel to um to The Shining. And so it's about the young kid that, grow, that grows grows up, up yeah. right? Danny, yeah, his name's Danny, and, uh, and so it, it's, like, showing the, the trailer, and Cameron, my little brother, tells me, like, my dad doesn't stop talking the whole time, like, dude, what's this? Oh, man, what is this? <laughs> And then it shows, like, the scene where he's, like, going through the hallway and sees the twins, and my dad's like, that's The Shining, that's The Shining, are they remaking The Shining? Is this a remake of The Shining? And it's, like, obvious that it's not a remake of The Shining, it's completely different, it's showing little things here and there. And he's talking about, when I was a kid, we lived in this hotel. So, like, it's very obvious that it's a sequel, not The Shining. And then at the very end, he's like, it's, he's like, it's The Shining. It's the remake of The Shining. <laughs> this is going to be great. And then it says, Dr. Sleep. And then Cameron says <laughs> that our dad tr- leans over and goes, why'd they change the name? <laughs> <laughs> Like, because it's not The Shining.
1: <laughs> you fool! Oh man! I take it back. I never wanted to see a movie with your dad.
0: Oh, oh my gosh!
1: Apologies, Mr. Claussen. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, uh, I don't we even We what we there. were talking about. Sleepy <laughs> Hollow. <laughs>
1: <right there from laughs> Paul that really to, likes yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, Tyler yeah. really likes Sleepy Hollow. Did
0: you, did you, you said you do like that one?
1: Yeah, I do like it. Cool. Good entertainment value.
0: So we have one movie that we so all far agree that on. we all agree is a good movie.
1: And then back forward pedaling to the corpse bride. Back again. forward
0: pedaling, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> we kind of ricocheted around there. Uh, so you said you didn't like the corpse bride that much. I,
0: I was, I, I like the aesthetic, I like the style, like everything, but the story was kind of eh, and especially when you go from Nightmare Before Christmas to The Corpse Bride, which it's almost like a spiritual s- sequel sort of thing, like, you go from this to that, and you know, no, I didn't like it mm. as much. <laughs> I didn't hate it, I just was like, whatever.
2: Yeah, so, I was just mad on it. So this is probably where, like, Tim Burton in general was kind of like, eh, <laughs> like I had no desire to watch the movie. Yeah. It just wasn't something that I, like even the plot, everything, I just wasn't interested in it. And it yeah. wasn't enough for me to go like, oh, but it's Tim Burton. I really want to go see it. Even yeah. if I'm not really interested in it, I just haven't seen it. So the
0: <laughs> only, the biggest thing that I will say about it is that um you do get the first really big movie from like I think is what they're called. Oh, like a like down yeah. in Portland. Yeah. yeah, this is this is them. They yeah. they worked with Tim Burton and, and did this. And you can definitely, if you like their other stuff, you look back and watch this and you're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely their style.
2: Slightly yeah. off topic, too. It's kind of funny. Is uh, not now as I but a few years ago, it used to run Portland to Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the Portland to Coast movie documentary that he did. Yeah, the team from Leica was one of the teams that they followed. Oh, really? That's cool. It was pretty funny because they're yeah. they're like, we signed up for this and we're gonna go out and have some beers and eat some hamburgers and then we're gonna go out running. Yeah. And that was like their training. Yeah. For, that, for this movie. <laughs> so that that was pretty funny. They seem
1: fun. They did
0: Coraline too, right? Yes. They did yeah. do Coraline yep. and they did Paranorman, which is yeah. one of my favorite Halloween movies. Um, even though it's not a Tim Burton one. I don't
1: know if I've seen that. You haven't seen Paranorman? No. Dude, I've seen Coraline. I, I think I thought Coraline was a Tim Burton as I a child. Right. <laughs> Was Tim Burton um, No it's Neil yeah. Gaiman Which well, is no, Neil a Gaiman's small not a director. foreshadowing <laughs> That's the
0: next episode Yeah um, No but seriously Paralormen. Paranorman Halloween Watch it
1: yeah. Okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's next What else did he do
1: Sweeney Todd 2007 And
0: this is where I'm going to say This is the end of his good stuff
1: yeah before
0: or this is the last of it this is the last of it enjoyed this movie okay but not enough to ever watch it for a third time i watched it twice and i was like cool i've seen this twice yeah i I really like
1: it it. i'm never gonna like binge watch it yeah but i mean i like it i think it's i think he does really well when he adapts stuff like taking a musical all the music's already written he's kind of got the plot and then he can just put his own spin on it kind of
2: like I mean, there's yeah. already something there. There's yeah. already
1: something there. So he can just focus on like making the characters kind of Burton-esque and yeah. stuff and the setting and stuff. This is another one where he kind of drains all of the color out of London.
0: Yep. And except then, for the blood. Except for the blood. <laughs> <laughs> if you take all of the color out, then the blood really shines. It really shines. I think that's exactly what the art style was. I think that's exactly what he chose to do. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Helena Bottom Carter is great in it. Sure. Andy Depp is great in it. Um. the the kid, oh, I I can't remember his name. The the little child who just follows Hell and bottom around like a a puppy. I don't he's, remember. He's he's good. Yeah,
0: he, he did a good job.
1: Yeah. yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. Oh, so it's Paul- got Snape in it. <laughs> so obviously. <like>, Hello,
0: ladies.
1: <laughs> being a total creeper over there. Yeah.
0: And Paul, you didn't like it. Uh,
2: not so much. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it. It's probably one of the few ones where I actually didn't really care much for the set. Like for it, it seemed kind of fake to me. I mean, it, it really, it really felt like kind of like a, some like stage, a musical like, yeah, stage. Like stage, <laughs> stage like, well,
1: I feel like that's such a Tim Burton thing. Like yeah. ever from since Frankenweenie, where they've got this totally fake cemetery with these prop gravestones and right. stuff that are all janky and, I feel like he embraces the fakeness of yeah. sets. I,
0: I will say yeah. like in Beetlejuice, you, you know, there's a lot of fake to it, yeah. but it, it works with the aesthetic of what he's building. So I think I, I'm okay with that. Yeah.
2: I don't know if just for me for that one, uh, it didn't really, it didn't really click. Yeah, and I'm not much of a musical person either, so
1: <laughs> I'll agree with you there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I did skim through on the rewatch a few of the musical numbers. I was sure. like, okay, let's just get to the throat <laughs> slashing. And- yeah, well, and
2: that—that and that, and that was the other thing too. Is it was just kind of like there to me there wasn't like much. I mean, you kind of knew, yeah. what the plot was, and you know, it was just like there was have just a,
1: it, one good twist there. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it was just kind of like hmm, wasn't my favorite out of band. All no.
0: right, and then after that. You got like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Which you got I did not. Alice in Wonderland. He just came out with Dumbo. Um, I'd say his best movies are the ones where you don't even realize that it's a Tim Burton movie, like Big Fish and Big Eyes.
1: Oh yeah, of the new ones. Yeah, definitely. Like the,
0: those movies are ones where I, when I watched them, I had no idea. And then it wasn't till later where I was like, I was researching him, or or someone said it, and it was like, oh, Big Fish, that was Tim Burton. Yeah, all right, I can see that. But <laughs> nope, didn't realize it when I watched it. So I, I think after that, I just kind of lost touch with all of it.
1: Yeah, I don't, do, do you have any theories on like why his newer stuff just isn't as good?
0: Well, he's doing like Alice in Wonderland. Like he's doing a Disney. Kind of went more mainstream. Doing, yeah, he's doing okay. Disney movies. He's doing those live action remakes. And I don't yeah. like those in the first place. And I don't think his style necessarily should be the style for all these movies I think that I don't know there's
2: a reason why he didn't want to do Fox and a Hound and now he's yeah. kind of doing Disney exactly that, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he's I come think, full
1: circle but like in a bad way
0: <laughs> yeah I think that if, if he were to really strike out again and, and focus on doing something that's you know an original IP with with his own style in it I think that he, he could do great um, I, I I would like to see I don't know I'd like to see him do something where it's like he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do another Beetlejuice. I'm gonna do another Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm gonna do another Before Christmas, another Sleepy Hollow sort of thing. Yeah, like if he if he, like made a, uh, uh great musical thing and and a great kind of parody scary movie, and then like a legitimately like scary kind of not scary movie, but like moody mo- melancholy very uh gothic style that i think he would do great and people would respond well because they're like oh he's he's going back to what he did really well and i think that's the only way that he's he's gonna build his fan base up again yeah and that's just my opinion because he's lost me so i don't know i don't know what the fans are like out there i don't you know maybe the e-girls are super <laughs> still into him, but
1: yeah, we need to conduct a survey, but no, I, I I I feel
0: like if you're an e-girl and you'd like to tell us about no, your just thoughts of like modern on Tim Burton. fans.
1: <laughs> young people, do you like Tim Burton? If
0: you're a person who has seen a Tim Burton movie and you have emotions about it, let us know. <laughs> you can email us at lewisandlovecraft at gmail dot com.
1: You do have that? a great commercial voice. You think so? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah,
0: thank you. I do do podcasting. Like ninety percent of my free time. So, <laughs> 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 He's is, not are there
1: director. any uh,
2: directors out there that you think compare to Tim Burton?
0: As far as the style, style or, yeah. Mm, I don't think. Man, sp- that's a hard question because I didn't. I didn't think about that.
1: I think, with the exception of like Big Fish and like Big Eyes, that yeah, you said. I think most Tim Burton movies anybody can walk into it not knowing who it is, and like as soon as you see it, you're like. Tim Burton Burton movie yeah and like down to the Opening credits which that was something I I Meant to discuss was like he's So heavy on the opening credits Where a lot of movies just kind of start In the action yeah he's got the whole Scene setters like Sleepy Hollow he's got That whole build up with like you see The the last will and testament that turns Out to be such a major plot point In the opening sequence in Sweeney Todd He's got the meat pies and London And the blood going down into the sewage Grates and stuff he really uses those To set up the whole story basically in a way that a lot of directors don't Mm. and he also uses he was one of the early um directors to um take the the logo for the studios and change them in a way that reflect the movie like edward scissorhands he took the 20th century fox logo and put snow on it Mm. in batman he did something with it and like the studio Warner brothers had yeah the, uh, had the, yeah, yeah had yeah. that and i think they pushed back at first but then he was like no we're gonna do this and then everybody started doing it oh, after yeah, that so that's yeah. one of those things that tim burton kind of took and was like set the standard for it
2: what about uh del toro Um uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah i i think so i i don't know if i've Pan's watched Labyrinth enough and- of his stuff because I do With, like, Pan's, the creatures and yeah. stuff, yeah. And and I do, so I know Pan's Labyrinth. I know Hellboy two, which is the best Hellboy movie. And then um, and then I just watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as you see a monster, yeah, you know it's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. But I don't think as just a movie maker like because he also has like Crimson Peak, which I never saw. Um, I don't think that he necessarily has like. A, a style in movie aesthetics where you watch it and you're like the second Del Toro. yeah exactly yeah whereas i think there are other i think there are other directors Tarantino might be kind
2: of a that's a Tarantino movie yeah uh i was
0: going to say think you have to
1: watch a little bit longer for that for like Tarant- you know the second a, someone a starts talking or something you know, yeah
0: uh i'd say m night shyamalan um even though and I, you know what i'd say shyamalan took this exact same pet career trajectory (laughs) as i do a downward motion with my hand as tim burton in that you he set himself up so high with expectations from the fan base Mm -hmm. that he couldn't live up to him maybe got full of himself on a you know on a set or when he wrote it and he's like i'm a genius let me just type this in there i can't do anything wrong and so he just destroys his career
1: peaked in the 90s and early 2000s (laughs) yeah
0: but but when you watch something from him you're like oh this is definitely a Shyamalan style movie yeah Um. I think that every director has their signature style but I, I don't necessarily think that, that there's a lot that have such an aesthetic to, to them like Burton does
1: it just punches you in the face yeah
0: whether you like it or not yeah you know it's Tim Burton for the most part yeah I think it's probably <laughs> a lot of
2: it comes back his pushback on the on the um, you know the movie houses like you know and mm. fox mm-hmm. where a lot of the you know directors they may have some style but they're kinda they kinda do as they're told, you know, yeah. as they go through. <clears throat> you know, like especially yeah. the guys that do all the action movies and, you know, stuff like that where, you know, Burton's kinda like uh, i'm gonna do it my way (laughs) yeah i'm gonna
1: fire the writer and hire a new one if i don't like him and he brings like the same people with him all the time there's always danny elfman so you've got the musical yeah consistency throughout it you've got a lot of johnny depp and helena bonham yep yeah
2: yeah i couldn't i couldn't really tell you who like did all like the marvel i I know there's supposed to be there's like some famous people in there but
0: like who directed them yeah 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 so like uh
1: I can't help Taka anyone
0: <laughs> yeah And his, his style is, he doesn't really have a style. He's but, just all, a but if you look at all guy, the movies,
2: so. they're all kind of the same, but they've all kind of had different
0: directors. Yeah. I think they and probably think have a lot more studio that's the influence. Right, that. exactly. You know, that's, yeah. <clears throat> that's their producer who's like, this is what you're going to do. Yeah, we yeah. can't
1: just change. change Listen, you're in call. charge,
0: but I'm in charge. Yeah, <laughs> And the mouse is in charge. And China is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah so um yeah do you have anything else to share to make us like tim burton more
1: no i i love him because of the misunderstood loner child thing right he's probably gotten way too big for his britches now and Mm. all of that stuff but no i like i like his art i like his drawings yeah i like yeah i fell in love with him mostly when i went to the the moma exhibit I think that was in 2009 or something the what uh, moma museum of modern art oh okay. Um, so in new york they had this exhibit up for like five months and it was basically just a whole wing of the museum you like walk through this character mouth or something and you're yeah. in there and they've got all his early sketches and stuff and you know the animations and right scripts and stuff and it was just like obscene and i was like oh yeah learning so much about him that went beyond the nightmare before christmas or whatever i'd seen up until that point
0: (laughs) (laughs) sure paul what's your final thoughts on on tim burton interesting (laughs) Interesting.
2: (laughs) Um, i I enjoy you know i i I can enjoy his movies i do appreciate his style i like the fact that he has a style and he kind of sticks to it. Right. Uh, so he has his vision and he doesn't, you know, he's not like a corporate hack that just kind of does whatever, you know, whatever Whatever he's told to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I can respect that. Definitely.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. Tyler.
0: I'm the exact same as I was. I, I have certain movies that I like from him. Um, but I'm not a big fan of his in general. Um, it's kind of the opposite of how I feel about like Kevin Smith where in as a person Kevin Smith love Kevin Smith <laughs> but i don't like almost any of his movies and he Who's did he did uh Mallrats Mallrats clerk, oh, okay. Clerks uh Dogma um, um the lots of other stuff Jay and Silent Bob yeah he's most known as Silent Bob from the Jay and Silent Bob stuff and um <clears throat> really really cool guy really interesting guy but like his movies when i and i watch them because i'm like maybe this will be the one that i like and i'm always like
1: no you should never do that it'll just make you hate the person more (laughs) or just the movies i I guess but
0: he has such a different range with how he what projects he does um that like you never know what you're getting into like chasing amy was just the weirdest (laughs) like it's so dumb but it's like simple and it's intriguing but I don't like the premise to the point where it's like you, you, I don't like this premise <laughs> and then you watch like Tusk where it is a parody of um, Human Centipede where it's about um, Justin Long <laughs> gets kidnapped by a crazy guy and literally turned into one piece at a time into a walrus he starts with his feet and then, like, slowly right. makes him more into a walrus. And it's disgusting. It's, like, like, makes you want to throw up. Disgusting to watch. And I'm like, maybe this will be the one that, that <laughs> Kevin Smith gets me with. And I watch it. And I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs>
1: so what I've taken away from all of this is that I don't know who Kevin Smith is. And I don't want to.
0: You don't want to watch Tusk.
1: I don't want to watch anything.
0: Maybe watch Yoga Hosers, which is the sequel to it. And it's definitely not as bad as far as make you want to throw up. It's definitely as bad as a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> but it has his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter who are best friends in real life. Johnny. And Johnny Depp is in it. He's also in Tusk and he plays the same character. And so as a, as a birthday gift to Kevin Smith's daughter, he wrote and directed a movie with her and her best friend in it. Wow. And I think it's on Netflix. Yoga Hosers and it has Justin Long but not the Walrus version of of Justin oh, Long Oh,
1: thank you for the clarification. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, now that we're done talking about Kevin Smith, that we kind of can That You <laughs> got to a Johnny Depp reference. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind
1: yeah, of definitely. circle back a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah, thanks so, for uh joining us, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Paul,
0: and uh you're going to write a story for us, right?
1: <gasps> yes.
0: Yeah. We're making you commit to it now. <laughs> on, on air. On yeah, literally the film. record. Okay, thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he said yes. And uh, we should tell them what the story is in case what, they haven't been listening. Th-
0: that's what I was going to do. Okay. Segway. Segway. I had, a, I had the segue and everything. <laughs> I'm writing it and then you just kicked me right off. Took it and now you're running with it.
1: I tripped the Segway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why don't you go we're with segue? Go ahead and go. No, you do it.
1: We're, we're doing our, our Flash Fiction submission call right now um burr, 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 we want to hear your creepy scary spooky stories yeah in 1000 words 500, 500 to 1000
0: and yeah. and we've had some people ask uh if if they can do more and we're like i mean yes we're but not please gonna, don't <laughs> like try and limit it but if it's longer if it's like just a, a little bit over that's fine if, if it's, it's 1010 words yeah, we're not gonna kick not you out Um, if it's way longer still submit it Um, but just know that you know we do have a few people already submitting which is super exciting we're super exciting excited to see people actually responding sending stuff in we've got a few stories already sent in they're really cool they're pretty good and so just know that if if there are a lot and we only we're only gonna do maybe an hour hour and a half show if if we have so many that that your longer story doesn't fit in then then we'll have to you know take it out so condensing your story down does definitely help with getting your show your story on our show um, but don't be afraid to send us what you got yeah we'd still love to read it and maybe we put it in the bank for next year or another episode sometime so um, it's not useless yeah, your story's mm. not. And your story. when does it do by? Um, so this is what I've been telling everybody: Halloween Eve, um, because that's when I will be doing my final in studio recording. I'm hoping to get some people to come in and read. I'm not sure that that's going to happen, but so I don't want to say too much yet.
1: If they don't, you'll just get to hear our voices
0: yeah, more. Yeah, we'll get Amy <laughs> to do it. <laughs> now, Amy still is not totally yeah. falling yeah. down on the job. She's today. over there <laughs> reading her Facebook twits or something Twit. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Halloween Eve but the sooner you get it to us the better because then we can get it in make sure it gets red and you know um, stuff like that so uh, soon, send it in as soon as you have it done and edited proofread yes. at least proof Please proofread because if you don't we will make fun of the grammatical yes. no i'm joking i'm not gonna do <laughs> oh, that i
1: wasn't joking <laughs> you're not joking <laughs> i know i'm not
0: gonna make there's fun nothing it.
1: scarier <laughs> than a grammatical error
0: <laughs> so um so yeah so chris uh christmas halloween eve by halloween eve send it to lewis and lovecraft and that's a n d and lewis and lovecraft at gmail.com let us know tell us and also if you don't want us to read your name or something let us know Mm -hmm. or else I'm just gonna assume that you want us to tell people who you are because you're submitting a uh, story and if you are a writer and you want us to point people to your website where you have other writings or a blog or something like that feel free to include that we will have we'll be more than happy to share that information along sweet do you want to thank our uh,
1: yeah Our musical contributor, Jake Basson, he makes that lovely music that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode that I always dance to on the couch (laughs) over here. Yeah, yeah, he's super talented. We are so grateful for his awesome music. Um, And you can find him at SoundCloud. I don't know why I said that was like an accent. I thought you were going
0: to say seance or something.
1: We're getting into this here, (laughs) guys. You can seance him. You can seance him. (laughs) Bring him to your... uh, No, you can find him at SoundCloud.com slash... Jake Basson. That's B-A-S-S-E-N.
0: Yeah. And if you guys want to just say hi to us, you can always do that by dropping us a line at our email, like I said earlier, Lewis and Lovecraft at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Facebook, Instagram. We're on Instagram at Lewis Lovecraft. Um, and Feel free to talk to us. Tell us what you think. Whether it's good or bad, I I don't really care. We might reply. Yeah. Um, We will definitely reply. I don't get a lot. We'll both reply to the same person. (laughs) (laughs) On Facebook, we definitely will. Yes. So uh, Instagram, Facebook, email. Um, How can people help us out?
1: Um, You can always help support us by subscribing. Mm -hmm. That's a biggie. Yeah. Um, Review us. Rate and review us. And especially on iTunes, because everyone tells me that that's the one that counts. So...
0: That I mean, yeah, that one helps a lot um, because it's somehow like the biggest analytic sort of provider for that. And we do have a new review. We've got three reviews now.
1: Oh my god, the first two were so nice. Apparently,
0: the <laughs> apparently our someone's brother recommended us to them, so they were. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So if you're listening, both brother of the person and the person (laughs) themselves, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And uh, the brother did the right thing and told a friend.
0: That's the way to do it right there. So you can subscribe to us and let us know that you're listening to our show and that always helps. Um, But yeah, telling a friend 100% is the best way to help us out. And uh, it's like that pay it forward movie where... The kid tells three people, oh, no, or does three good things, and then he immediately dies. Um, Was well, so, that like the last Haley Joel yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, I'm not saying you're gonna die after you tell three people.
1: So just tell two people, I guess, <laughs> is what <laughs> we're no. Don't say that. <laughs> tell four people. Tell I, four. <laughs> I have, yeah,
0: immediately teleport and break the chain. Tell
1: twins <laughs> at the same time.
0: Uh, Paul, do you have anything you want to plug at all?
1: Yeah. Huh?
0: The Book Nook. Yeah, thanks. uh,
1: Thanks for coming
2: down and and recording in the the bookstore. Thanks for letting us. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really enjoy it. I'm
0: glad you guys enjoy it. We enjoy it.
1: We do. Yeah, it's always nice to be here. So
0: remember, if you're I don't know how to do an outro anymore. If you're looking for someone to get rid of other humans in your house, like your roommates, (laughs) just call us. Lewis and Lovecraft. Lewis and Lovecraft. Lewis and Lovecraft. (laughs)
1: Wow, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) Ha (laughs) Ha ha ha